Great. So before we start today's podcast, we would like to take a moment of silence for George Floyd, Regis Korczynski Paquist, and countless other Black men and women who have been killed in acts of violence motivated by institutionalized racism. Let's also take this moment to reflect on our individual privileges and how we can use that to take action and support those that don't have the privileges that we do. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of Unmasking COVID, a podcast that focuses on sharing unique personal stories during this pandemic. Today on our podcast, we will be joined by three inspiring female leaders that are working to support different communities affected by the pandemic. Jaya is a founder of Senior with Skills, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to help seniors and, vol- and find volunteer job and class opportunities in their residences and local communities. Carla is the founder of Student Z, a platform that connects university students with individuals looking for additional support and help. And finally, we have Karen, the founder of Blue Crowned Prince. Karen is selling digital wallpapers and doing commissions to raise money for the emergency COVID-19 fund at the Toronto General and Western Hospital Foundation. It is a pleasure to have you guys on our podcast. Now to start off, would you like to quickly introduce yourselves and tell us a bit more about your initiatives? Um, I guess I'll start. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm Carla. Um, I'm I just finished my first year um, in the health sciences program at McMaster University. Um, so um, I guess yeah, you mentioned before I'm the founder of Student Z. Um, that sounds weird to say, <laughs> like a founder, um, but yeah, it's basically an initiative that like tries to connect um, university students and kind of encourage university students or more more generation Z students and students around like our age to um, be proactive in um, helping each other kind of, uh, you know, support each other like, going through this pandemic. So um, we're trying to connect um, high school students with kind of mentors or tutors who can help them out and kind of ease their transition to online schooling or and just provide any additional help to help them throughout this time. Great. Um, I can go next. So my name is Jaya. 
I just finished up my undergrad in New York State, and I'm starting med school at George Washington in August, and I'm founder of Seniors with Skills, and it is a 501c3 incorporated nonprofit in the U.S. and Canada, and our mission is to end social isolation of seniors on a global scale. So since COVID-19 hit, we've, un we've been unable to actually send volunteers into retirement homes. So we started an online buddy program in which our volunteers are basically video chatting with seniors who are facing social isolation due to COVID to help reduce and prevent uh, the isolation that they are facing and the related negative consequences. Thanks so much, Daya. Um, I'm Karen, and I started the initiative Blue Crown Tents, and essentially I'm raising money for the Emergency COVID-19 Fund at the Toronto General and Western Hospital Foundation, and I'm doing so by selling digital artwork, um, a lot of wallpapers and landscapes and portraits and commissions and things like that, and the money that will be raised will be used to help protect the health of healthcare workers and patients in the Toronto General and Western Hospital, as well as uh, will contribute to some of the research being conducted surrounding COVID-19. Wow, it's great to hear all the inspiring things you guys have been doing, but I just wanted to know what were your motivations behind your initiative? What really inspired you to get started? Um, I guess I should be going in order. Um, so I guess my motivations behind this initiative and like what inspired me to get started is, I guess um, I'm just the type of person that doesn't really like to like kind of sit back and like watch things kind of crumble. Like I feel like the best way to kind of tackle problems is to be proactive about them. So um, like I didn't feel comfortable with kind of just like, being at home and like just streaming all day, which is something that I love to do. Which um, so um, but like I always ha kind of had that sentiment in mind, and I think that's something that really um like kind of pushed me to start doing something was like I remember um when all this started happening, I was just super worried about like kind of myself and like. Uh, what was going to go on for my future and um, like listening so I watched like I was just watching the news and like hearing about all the things that were coming out and I know that um, like Justin Trudeau our prime minister he I think when he was announcing out the um, CSB he was saying how like um, he wanted to bring this out because like students are aged they're all building their futures during this time and that's something that really resonated with me because like I really do feel like I'm really trying my best to build my own future and at times I feel like that hasn't always been easy or I've, I've had so many different obstacles to face but I just want to like help other students who are going through that so um yeah I decided to and I just thought like um personally I wasn't really I'm not really able to like I don't know how to drive so <laughs> I can't go out on my own um to go help out um, and my parents, like, they wouldn't let me go out. Um, they're pretty strict about that. So I wanted to do something that I could do, um, kind of safely and at home. So I decided to start something 
um, online, which was tutoring. Um, and I specifically chose tutoring because um, I've had tutoring experience before. And I thought that was something that like, honestly, like I have a lot to say about and I think I'm pretty, whereas I have confidence in that skill. So I thought like um, that would be the best way to just try and help other people out. And then that kind of built into also a mentoring program, um, just because like with all the news about um, open houses being canceled and just thinking about all the, you know, all the seniors who, you know, didn't have the same opportunities as I did that made things so much easier. And like now even a lot of universities are um, online, so it's gonna be really different for them. Um, but yeah, just thinking about that, like I also decided to try and, um, bring in all like the connections that I guess I've made from um, being in university and like throughout my high school and hopefully connect people I know with um, high school students who would want to talk to them. So yeah. Wow, that's a really great story. Um, so for, for me, starting Scene for Skills, it started around two years ago officially. So I mean, I've been volunteering at nursing homes probably for the past eight or nine years and I think I just have had so many inspirational stories I've heard of seniors and this one senior I was working with in the computer technology program um, that's one of the programs that we had running before COVID hit where volunteers would basically go to nursing homes and teach seniors how to use computers and iPads but one of the seniors I was working with had never used a computer before and basically I was teaching him how to use Skype, FaceTime, email and he was now communicating with all of his family all across the world and because of that I just really wanted to encourage more young people to start getting into nursing homes and you know making those intergenerational connections. So that's my motivation behind starting Seniors with Skills as a whole but um, basically we had the computer training program and we also had a cards and knitting program. So that was a program where volunteers would make cards and knit with seniors running before COVID hit. And then after COVID hit, I realized, you know, our organization has so many wonderful volunteers. Like it would be such a shame if we weren't contributing to the cause. And then again, now we're hearing so many articles coming out about this, the unfortunate scene in nursing homes that I know firsthand from speaking to activity directors at nursing homes, how lonely and isolating it is. And I thought to myself, if you have this wonderful force of young volunteers who are more than happy to have these video chat calls with seniors. And hence, I started developing partnerships with retirement homes. And now we're having around three calls a day where our volunteers are video chatting with seniors who are feeling isolation. Amazing. Yeah, so much like Carla and Daya, my um, my motivations for starting were very personal as well. Um, my mom is a healthcare worker, and although she's not a frontline worker, um, she works in management, so she deals a lot with ordering supplies like protective equipment. And I can, at the beginning of the lockdown, I kept on hearing these stories from her where um, Originally, equipment was being sold for a few dollars, so masks, a box of 50 masks would be sold for like two, three dollars, and now it's, the price has gone up to 50 dollars. And a lot of these, uh, um, a lot of these healthcare communities, although they're being publicly funded by the government, 
it's really hard for them to get the equipment they need. And so that's sort of my motivation for starting. That's why I wanted to donate to the Toronto General uh, Foundation, because I wanted to make sure that these workers, like my mom, is, are getting the equipment that they need. And so I decided to do this through drawing, because drawing is something that I've been doing my entire life. I've been drawing for more than a decade now. And um, quarantine has given me the opportunity to really experiment with my art a lot. And I had a lot of suggestions from family members and friends who were like, oh, you should uh, start selling your art. And I considered it, but I think at the end of the day, I think that this initiative means much more to me and it, the money will mean more to a healthcare worker than it means to me. Yeah, it was uh, it's really great hearing about um, I kind of like where the idea started. Uh, so it seems like a lot of you, uh, you're really attentive to the needs of the community, to uh, to see the sectors where COVID-19 has, has hit, and then you kind of uh, lean back onto um, like your talents and your experiences to uh, do the best you can. Uh, like uh, Carla mentioned, for a lot of us, who don't know how to drive or might not be able to like go outside and help physically, like doing these things online uh, still definitely do make a make a huge difference. And I think um, I think a lot of people, uh, like Carl mentioned, are like are at home, and a lot of people do want to contribute, but oftentimes they might not really know um, where exactly to start. Um, and I think especially for people our age, it's often like the uncertainty of how much of an impact it would really be able to have. Um, so I, I think um, that leads on to the next question of, like when you were getting started, did you face any inhibitions about uh, wondering how much of an impact you would have or whether you would be able to have an impact? Uh, do you have any of those inhibitions and how did you overcome them? Um, I think uh, I definitely had a lot of, um, I guess, inhibitions or, and um, I feel like I still go through them now, um, just because, like, I feel like I've, like, I don't know, I think something like doubt is something that's always affected me a lot, like, not just in this regard, but just, like, my entire life, like, kind of just um, self-doubt, so, like, I've never, I've always been the type of person that, like, has been wanting to do things, but, like, was afraid of doing them or felt like I wasn't good enough to do them. But I think actually from my experiences, like in first year, like I really like just kind of like come to my own and just kind of encourage myself to just kind of go for it. And um, I think the way that I've done that is because I realized that like um, in the end, like I guess the reason why I had a lot of doubt is because um, I'm mostly afraid of like doing something and it not really, working out and not really, I guess, you know, being that impressive or being like that important, like just kind of like uh, being set aside almost. I think like um, that's a lot of something that's like I've struggled with, but then I think in first year, like I really came to my own and just realized that like, you know, those things, they don't really matter. And to me, like um, what really, um, I guess, encouraged me was the fact that like, 
I just felt that if I could even just help like one or two people like I felt like that would make everything kind of work like worth it because like I just thought like put myself into the shoes of someone who maybe would have been able to see my like my service I don't know what to call it but like you know be a part of this program and um I just think like me being able to like have an impact on someone else's life was just something that's kind of um amazing so it's even if it's like one person like I just thought like that was cool in itself so that's just what kind of motivated me to just put myself out there I remember like I was so like my hands were shaking and I like put out these forms to my friends like oh can you guys sign up like um to be a tutor can you guys sign up to be a mentor and like posting on university sites and like trying to um like show that like this thing exists like I knew that when I did that like I was kind of just like putting my idea out there for other people to see it and be like and kind of criticize it almost like that was what I was most worried about but I think I got over that just thinking that like you know that like kind of noise doesn't really matter and um just the benefit of being able to kind of impact someone else's life like that it's just like I think that really overpowers it yeah like by creating this initiative you definitely did uh put yourself out there and open yourself to um like criticism and everything and I know you were worried about um like whether you have the impact you want but uh now like after starting studency um how much of an impact do you think you've had and are you like happy with it um so um like I think it would have been really hard for me to answer this before, but um, like maybe like a week ago, just because like everything, we were still in the process of um, like matching people with their mentors and tutoring hadn't been going on for quite a long time. But um, I realized that like after, so I actually was in a position where I was like, oh, I don't really know if like people really like are getting anything out of this. like once we sent out these matching emails with tutoring, like, I don't really know what happens between them or how many times they decide to meet. If, like, I could, uh, something I'll think about was, like, oh, I could totally imagine, like, um, mentors getting matched with each other and then, like, kind of, I don't know, like, I could totally see them forgetting to email each other or just kind of being, like, whatever, because, like, they just maybe signed up on a whim or something like that. Um, but um, we sent out some feedback forms for our tutoring after it had gone on some while, and like that was such a good moment because like hearing back that like um they're first like I, I was just so grateful for our tutors because like you could tell that they put so much effort into tutoring um the students because the feedback was just like amazing like they're just saying how like they're um like that the, the, the service like actually helped them and was really helpful so that felt really good and um <laughs> sorry what was your question again <laughs> Oh no, that's uh, that's perfect. Um, okay, <laughs> that, that's that's really what I was asking. Uh, <laughs> it is really nice to hear. Like you were um, obviously had inhibitions about, um, you know, whether it's been make an impact. And like you said, like if you never really even um, tried starting something, you won't really have an idea of what mm -hmm. impact had. So it's really great that uh, you went ahead and started it, and you're having this impact on. Um, on, on a lot of you. So I guess um, I can go next, but we've had kind of 
had a few obstacles we've had to come across. I mean, the first thing really was, you know, our traditionally we've always been just volunteering in nursing homes. All of our volunteers have been having direct contact with seniors. So we weren't really sure how successful the program was going to be. And one of the biggest obstacles we faced in the beginning was actually getting nursing homes to agree to the program because due to COVID, so many of the nursing homes are understaffed and, you know, the staff there, a lot of them are very overworked. So, you know, implementing this program, bringing tablets to seniors so they can video chat us is very difficult for them. So once we had our first nursing home on board, then we kind of came into the problem of finding the, the perfect balance between the number of volunteers we have and the number of seniors we're serving. And unfortunately, this is actually an ongoing problem for our, our admin team, like just getting that perfect balance together. So as of right now, we have over 200 volunteers signed up. And uh, some of our volunteers are very interested in having one-on-one -on -one chats with seniors. But unfortunately, since we just have so, so many different volunteers and so few seniors in comparison, it's just we have to usually team up on a call and have, you know, two or three volunteers on a call at a time. So those are definitely some of the challenges we're facing. But as a result of seeing those challenges, we've definitely made adjustments on our admin team. We pretty much have around 15 or 16 members who are volunteering on our team just to help seek out new nursing homes for us to increase our expansion of the program and reach more seniors. And we're also now reaching seniors who are living at home. So, you know, it's good that we started to really acknowledge and, and realize these challenges early on so we could make adjustments on our inside. And uh, like I said, finding that balance between our, num our number of volunteers and seniors we're serving is just going to be an ongoing battle moving forward. But we are, we are adjusting and trying to find ways to cope with it. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a great way to think about things. Um, like when you're worried about what challenges you might face, like using those challenges as opportunities to progress your mission is definitely a very valuable um, mindset to have. Thank you. So yeah, I also at the beginning, much like Carla, had a lot of fear that um, I wouldn't have that much of an impact. and. I think that's really common with a lot of um, individuals who aren't as confident in themselves. And unfortunately for me, the, in, the measure of impact that I have is very quantitative. It's measured by the amount of money that I raise. So when I was initially setting a goal for how much money I wanted to raise, um, I struggled with it a lot because um, I didn't want to set the goal too high so that I wouldn't reach it. But then I also wanted to set one that was, you know, kind of um, something that I could work towards and wasn't, you know, something that I would just reach in one day. So I think I also spent a lot of time worrying whether this entire initiative would just flop and no one would donate at all, much like Carla. And I think what really helped me get through that um, worry was just remembering that this initiative um, is to support COVID and obviously that comes down to someone's life and a lot of the money that I raise will be donated to you know provide masks or PPE and that could save someone's life and if I have the ability to help save a life and then I don't take it that's on me and so that was really what inspired me 
and helped me to really keep going. And it turned out great um, in the end. So the goal I ended up setting was $500 and I hit it in like six hours, which to me was incredible because um, I hadn't really done an online, online fundraiser like that before and I wasn't sure anyone was really going to donate. And that was really mind blowing for me. And I didn't really stop there. So we've kind of been um, expanding the goal as we move along. It's now been two weeks and we've raised over $1,500. And it's honestly just been incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to add on to that. I don't know, because um, I think Karen is right. Like, I've, or at least what she's saying about like not being that confident like I think that's like something that um like has always been with me throughout high school and university um so I guess like one positive thing about this is that I feel like it's really also helped me gain confidence and kind of um learn how to manage my own confidence as well and um, I also, I don't know, I also related to kind of what Jaya was saying about like the balance between volunteers and um, the people that um, we were supporting just because at the beginning of all of this, like when I handed out my, like the tutoring forms, I got super overwhelmed because we immediately like probably within a couple of days, we had around like 90, like it was over a hundred tutors sign up and like 30 kids that signed up so it was just like I felt so bad because like these tutors like they obviously really wanted to help and like um something that was on my mind was um getting the students so that their efforts like um would also like they would also be able to um provide their efforts too so yeah um that's just something that I really related to I also wanted to ask Jaya, so I was wondering if you had any issues when trying to help the seniors with the tablets or technology and things like that? Yeah, so actually that's a really good question. So uh, with the nursing homes we're currently working with, um, how it works is the activities director basically will take a tablet and the volunteers will send the activities director Zoom links for a Zoom call. And then the, the activities director will basically load the Zoom call and put it in front of the senior, uh, walk away and then come back and then move it to like the next senior. And that's how it's working because a lot of the seniors don't know how to use technology. Um, that's why we had a program running pre-COVID. So we're kind of excited that, you know, hopefully when this all ends, we can basically send our volunteers and help the seniors learn personally, you know, how they can set up Zoom calls. But the seniors that we are doing Zoom calls with at home, they have to have like some technological um, capability or, you know, their children or whoever's they're quarantining with, if they are quarantined with people, would have to have one. But it is definitely an obstacle because we are trying to reach a lot more seniors who are living at home, but most of them just don't hear about the program because, you know, they don't have Facebook or they don't really know how to like search us, search for us on Google. So yeah, it's a good question. Definitely something we're trying to work through right now. Yeah, I think that's great that you're, um, you've managed to work through or you're working through that currently, because I think that's something that comes to a lot of our minds when we think of like issues when creating initiatives with seniors. So yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have definitely had 
a ton of obstacles in creating your programs and your initiatives, but also that you've been able to overcome a lot of them or even still working towards um, accomplishing your goals. And I think however many obstacles you have had so far, it seems like you guys are doing an amazing job and that's really admirable. Um, One question we do have though is because you're doing all these crazy, amazing things, but you also have personal lives and responsibilities to deal with. So how have you guys been able to keep sort of a balance between things like school and your own life and your initiatives and other responsibilities? Um, (laughs) I don't know if I've really been keeping a balance, if I were going to be honest. Um, and I think like, I guess that's something that I've, that this program has really given me an opportunity to work on. Um, I do like, I think I'm managing things well in the sense that like, I managed to keep on top of things, but it's definitely been really stressful. Um, and that's mainly because, um, like I've, started summer school around the same time as doing um as starting this program and I guess I really um did not expect summer school to be as much work as it was Uh, I think that's mainly because of like the way that my courses are run it's like they're kind of inquiry based so it's a lot of like your own research and your own um like it's increased so you're not it's not really a structured program so the amount you work that you put into it really depends on you and I'm the type of person that's very like meticulous and um like kind of like likes to know everything so when you're researching things like platelets or um like just like right now I'm doing a course where we're studying um the SARS-CoV-2 virus and the Emrendesivir which is like uh, has been a therapeutic that's been um tested as a treatment option and like when you're just kind of thrown into that topic and there's so many things that you don't know, like I like to research everything. So I spent a lot of time doing that and like trying to keep that commitment also because it's, it's they're also group work courses. So I forgot to mention that. So keeping up that commitment to other people and then keeping up the commitment to the students that are part of my program. And then also keeping up with the commitment to like my friends and my family and as well as the tutor like the students I also tutor on the side um it's definitely been a lot for me and I think like um like I think I've made it a lot more stressful than it has to be because when whenever something involves people like that's something that really is close to home with me like I don't like letting other people down and I like to keep on my promises so um I think it's been a fairly stressful week in terms of um keeping on top of it though I think I've like barely managed to like be on top of everything by like um doing like I I think I'm a fairly organized person so I I always do checklists the night before of like things I need to do and I like to plan out my time really well and I I tried to implement that also within the courses that I'm doing and encouraging that for my group members so that like I kind of know what I'm getting into for the next upcoming days so yeah yeah, I definitely can agree with a lot of the things you yeah, say. Like being a student, it's not always easy. But um, what I will say is, whenever I'm doing seniors with skills related stuff, you know, for the past few.
few years, it's never really felt like work for me. It's always been my break. It's always been really fun. You know, whenever I check my email and hear about um, a volunteer who has started, you know, their own chapter and, you know, how great it's been going, that gets me really excited. Um, honestly, I really enjoy all of all of the things I do with seniors with skills. So that's my break from school. Definitely, you know, finals week and weeks like those are, are tough, but most of the time I'm able to find it manageable. And I think one thing that really helps me is just having a really big team. So I think when you first get started, when you start your own organization or nonprofit, it's, it's just you. And, and I feel that, you know, for, cause I've been volunteering for so many years and starting smaller initiatives before seniors with skills, it felt like everything was on me. So if I took a week off, like nothing would happen. But then the second I actually started seniors with skills and brought on this huge team, it felt like, you know, I could take a few days off from checking the email because someone else can check it. You know, someone else is in charge of fundraising and media outreach and all these other aspects of the organization that I felt like were all on me before. So I definitely will say that um, over time, just bringing in a lot more people on the team has been su such a great experience. And I would say for other leaders, if you're struggling a lot with balance, you know, invite other people, invite your friends, invite even your family, people who you think might have a similar interest on your team to help you reach your mission. Uh, yeah, I actually really agree with that just because um, I brought on like a, like another team member just around like two, maybe one and a half weeks ago. And it's definitely helped a lot. Like I think without that friend, like I definitely would have, I don't know how it would have gone through like the past week. Um, but I guess, like, I have a question for you. Um, like, I guess, like, as a leader, like, sometimes, um, like, I think I still feel like that thing where it's, like, I feel like everything kind of is on me. So sometimes I feel bad about giving other people other responsibilities because I feel like if I'm, like, you know, the leader, like, um, I should be the one that's the most on top of things or, like, I guess doing the most, like, how do you, I guess, how do you navigate that? Because that's something that I'm kind of worried about when trying to, like, I guess ask, asking other people for help is not the easiest thing to do. That's a good question. So there's around, like, I would say 17 people on our team. And I would say that, yeah, it definitely gets easier over time. But the biggest thing is, like, you have to realize a lot of things when you do start delegating tasks, other people are going to be out of your control. So for example, you know, sometimes I'll look at our social media and, you know, I'm not running that anymore, but I used to like watch every hashtag, every post, every word that was posted. And, you know, I see, and sometimes I'll be like, oh, you know, like maybe I would have said something differently, or maybe I would have like posted another way. So, I mean, like there are pros and cons of bringing in more people on your team. Obviously things are a lot more effective, but at the same time, it's not, you're starting to outsource some of your work. So it's not all what you're doing. So I definitely would say the biggest thing is just to start letting go and realize you can have so much more of an impact, a global impact, um, if you do start bringing in more people. And, you know, you might not be able to control everything that happens in the organization, but it's honestly for the best because you're just going to have so much, so much of a bigger group of people helping you. But yeah, I agree. Everyone assumes as a leader that, you know, you're pretty much doing everything. But I would say if you, you know, just like you're leading, 
the whole team, you know, what I've been doing is since there's so many members of our team, I've had many leaders. So for example, a leader of social media. So we'll have a few people making posts and then a leader of nursing home outreach. So there's a lot of members on our team trying to reach out to nursing homes and there's a leader for that. So you can designate other leaders so you don't feel like you're the only leader. So that's maybe one piece of advice for you moving forward. But yeah, definitely expanding, expanding the team is hard at first, but you'll thank yourself later. <laughs> okay, thank you. I definitely also think that's great advice because um, currently I'm much like Carla. I'm basically running a one woman show. Um, I have one person helping me um, and he has honestly done so much. I'll give him a shout out. His name is Frank Fan, and he helped me set up my entire website, which is something I'm completely unfamiliar with. So that helped a lot. Um, but up until launch day, I had three weeks to get um, all my drawings ready and uh, the website up as well as social media posts and everything. And I was kind of just juggling all of that at once. And it was really stressful, yeah. Um, I put a lot of things on the back burner. Uh, so I decided this summer not to take summer school at um, the university I go to, but I decided to take some self-paced courses. That helped a lot in terms of managing time, even though I those were low on the priority list for a few weeks. And then um, I also had responsibilities within the household i think a lot of people's responsibilities in terms of like you know making meals or doing dishes chores and things like that really a lot of people had more types of those responsibilities and myself included that you know even though it's like little things they take up some of your time and you know i remember like the three weeks before um launching my website i would just um, my sleep schedule was so messed up. I would wake up at 12 and then draw for 12 hours of the day and then do other things as well, like schoolwork and things like that. And then I would go to sleep at 5 a.m. And it was it was a rough time. Yeah. But um, now it's gotten a little bit better um, because I don't have to draw so many drawings in a short amount of time. And I also I really agree with what Jaya, you said about how your extracurricular um, doesn't really feel like work to you. I think I have spent a lot of time um, in my university so far doing extracurriculars where I felt like, oh, maybe I'm not as passionate about this as I thought. And I think that's really what also inspired me to start Blue Crown Prince because this is something that I, it's like playtime for me. I love drawing. And, you know, now I do it after, um, in the evenings after doing my courses and I just spend it as downtime and it doesn't really feel like I'm doing work. Yeah, that's great to hear how passionate you guys are about your initiatives and how much work has gone into them, even though, and, and, Again, it's enjoyable work, so that's something that's really great. And of course, it's really been like a long process that you must have gone through, through like your setup and through launching your initiatives and the entire process, and as well as running them. I just want to really want to know, um, what have you learned in the process? Like any new insights that you've learned? 
Um, I think I need to think about that one a little bit. So if anyone, if Karen or Jaya want to jump in, you know, go ahead. Okay, I can go ahead then. So I think I feel like I've kind of touched on these points um, with the last question, but I definitely have learned through the process that teamwork is really, really important. And especially with, you know, just the amount of volunteers we've had, one of the aspects that's really been a challenge for us to work with is figuring out how we're going to train all of train all of our volunteers because now we've started mandating background checks police check background checks or police checks we have a sexual harassment prevention training we have an online live training we have like a training module course so you know just to ensure the safety of seniors we have to go through all these regulations and then we have like tax regulations and then just so many things that go hand in hand with being a nonprofit. so i have to say teamwork is definitely the most important thing I've learned, just making sure that we're all working together and we're staying on top of all the things we need to. And I think, you know, the other thing I would put in here is just a lot of people feel that, you know, just because they're at home, they can't have an impact. But I've been seeing so many of our volunteers really just brighten the days of so many senior citizens. And to me, that is a huge impact. And, you know, I, I do want to encourage everyone who's listening to this to know just because you are at home, it really, it doesn't mean that you, you can't help in any way. Um, you don't necessarily have to be, you know, on the front line to, to make a difference in someone else's life. And a lot of university and young students like myself, I really do encourage you all to participate in initiatives like these. Um, the ones I talked about, as well as Carla and Karen, because, you know, there's so much you guys can do from home. So, yeah. Carla, do you want to go or do you want some more time to think? <laughs> uh, um, well, you know, I, I can't delay it any longer, so I'll just go. Um, I think, like, I guess. I don't know, it's hard for me to answer exactly like what I've learned throughout this process because um, I don't know, I feel like I'm still kind of in it. Um, what I will say is though, like I feel like what I've kind of gained in the process, like I touched on it before, but um, I think I've really like gained a lot of confidence throughout this process. Um, I think it's just because like being able to put something out there and like, I guess like this, um, program was the first thing that were yeah I think it was like the first thing in my life where I really just like put myself out there and kind of like really dedicate a lot of my time and did things the way that I exactly wanted to do and because it um has been getting such a good response like I think that's really been a really good booster for me um as well as I think it's just like great um kind of practice for or not practice I guess that's the wrong word but I think it's just a great experience for me to be able to learn how to manage um my own responsibilities I, I meant i touched on before like that balance between school and initiatives in life like um i think because this is like an initiative and it's not like i guess because i'm the leader like i kind of have to learn how to really pace myself in a proper way that um takes into account like my own life like my mental health like um just my responsibilities to other things as well um and 
because I've always been a person who's kind of been like a team worker who's always like been the one being told things like I've never had somebody opportunity to kind of practice that but now because it's something that like um yeah everything that happens is like kind of up to me um yeah that's like something that I've really been learning and um just day by day oh something that I'm (laughs) sorry something that I've been implementing is or trying to do is like kind of tracking my time and seeing like how much time I dedicate to things and I think I never would have done that unless I had gone through this process and finally I think I'll um end off as well as like I think um uh, something that has really hit home to me is that even like your small kind of like desire to help can actually really have a big impact and I used to think like I, I didn't really I guess like matter too much or like just there's, there's so many people in this world and there's so many things going on like what could I really do but I think as long as you kind of have the like the desire to make a difference as like cliche as that sounds like I think it's very true that you really can have some type of impact yeah I completely agree with Carla um I also the part where you said that um this initiative has helped you gain confidence also really resonated with me Um, I think a lot of people get intimidated when they look at social media and they see, you know, their friends posting about um, initiatives that they're doing. And then they're like, they think to themselves, oh, I'm not doing this. And then they feel self-conscious. And then um, I think that also provides a barrier for a lot of people to get involved with initiatives like these. And I was definitely um, one of those people. I still am one of those people who get really self-conscious when I do this, when I see other people's initiatives. Um, But in the end, I think everyone's just on a different path in their lives. Um, What interests one person might not interest someone else. And, you know, this initiative might not be for someone and they might not just care about what I'm doing as much as they care about another initiative. And that's completely okay. And I think that has taken me some a really long time to learn. And I think it's perfectly fine that everyone has um, different initiatives that they care about. And it's impossible for someone to care about all the initiatives in the world. So I think that's something that has um, been stewing and brewing in my head for a long time. I guess also just to build off of that, I think one thing that you all have in common is pure passion for what you're doing and I think that there are a lot of people especially youth that are passionate about something but don't know how to I guess pursue their passion so my question for you is what advice do you have for those people that are passionate about something but don't know how to pursue their passion or I guess turn their passion into action I think um, for me, it came down to putting two things that I really cared about together. So my passion is visual arts and I could have applied that to a lot of things. I could have applied that to, you know, environmentalism or the current Black Lives Matter movement. And I chose um, to help with COVID-19. And I think it's choosing your passion and then choosing an initiative that you really care about and then just connecting them together. And I think that's a good start for a lot of people. 
I definitely agree. If you're feeling passionate about something, you don't know what you want to do. I would say, you know, take a, take a piece of paper, start writing what you think, like start writing, you know, what kind of volunteer position are you looking for? What kind of discipline is it in? Does it have to be, um, does it have to be with a specific type of organization? So, you know, write it all down. And then I would honestly just start doing Google searches of organizations that meet, meet your interests. Uh, word of mouth, I would start talking to some of your friends, families. I know for people in university, it's really easy. They go to Welcome Week or, you know, they go to the club fair and there's just so many different op opportunities that you can be a part of. So yeah, I just, I definitely just would recommend, you know, sitting down with that pen and paper, just really think about yourself, think about what you think that you could be involved with. And then going from there and um, like what was said previously, just put two and two together, put your interest, passion and find a volunteer position that fits all of that. Um, just to add on to that, um, this is exactly answering the question, but I feel like um, Jai and Karen have like really covered um, what I would say um, but as like kind of like an additional um, thing I just think like because I, I don't know this is something that kind of hits close to home is like that confidence aspect so I, I guess I'll talk on that um, it's like honestly just like do it <laughs> it's like um, honestly if I were to tell myself to give myself advice I would just tell myself to just do it because um, like there's there's really you know there's nothing nothing that you lose by just doing it and um like if it's something doesn't really meet your expectations like there's so much also to learn from that as well and I think the biggest thing um that I guess the thing that might inhibit you the most um or at least is something that inhibits me the most is like kind of just giving up after not seeing the results or not meeting your expectations for the first time. Like, I think that is um, where kind of like nothing happens. Like, um, it's so easy kind of in the moment when things are going the way that you want to just like give up. But like um, coming from a person who has been through that and also can see in like behind me and see that like, you know, because I didn't give up, like I've made such an impact on so many different people. Um, and that I have achieved the goals that I wanted to achieve with this, um, that I initially set, that um, the best thing to do is just kind of keep on going forward and just pursue what you want to pursue. And I think if you have that kind of heart in mind, then um, yeah, you'll be able to achieve the goals that you've set. I actually just wanted to add on, uh, sorry, to what Carla and Karen were saying, because I think you guys have mentioned um, confidence just generally throughout the call. And I will say, I think you guys are both first years, uh, you know, being someone who just recently graduated, it definitely comes with age. When I was a first year, you know, I think I would definitely be very scared to start something as big as um, what, I, what what's going on right now with seniors with skills. So I have to really say good for you guys. It's hard as a first year because I remember I would always think like, oh, what is everyone thinking? Like, is this too much? Like, I feel like I'm posting all the time about all these initiatives. I shouldn't be doing that. But I think when you mature more and get a little bit older, moving towards upperclassmen years, you'll start realizing that um, 
you know, everyone is really just following their passion and you shouldn't shy away from that because you worry too much about what other people think. And hopefully that will help build your confidence as the years go on. But I definitely will say three or four years ago, I struggled way more with that than I do now. So it comes with age. Yeah, I think you guys brought up some really good points with regards to people that want to pursue their passion or I guess make an impact. But I guess just before we end, my question for you is how can someone get involved with what you're doing? And I guess be a part of your initiative. Um, so in, to get involved with our initiative, so we've actually just um, like closed the forms for our tutoring and um, mentoring programs for people who want to volunteer. But we are starting a couple things with, um, well, it's, so it's really interesting that you say this because like we are thinking of expanding out um, our like our leadership team because we are starting a couple new programs um, that deal with um, like social media campaign campaigns on helping um, senior or high school seniors transition into university as well as um, we're starting a couple things with um, tutoring over the summer. So um, I would say if they want to get involved specifically with the program and becoming a tutor and a mentor, um, to wait right now, but um, if they stay updated with our Facebook and our Instagram account, um, I don't know if I should shout it out, like Students Z Network, um, that's something, that's somewhere where they can sign up to get involved, um, as well as the leadership uh, applications will probably be coming out on there as well very soon at the end of June. Yeah, just to pop in, we'll link all your Facebook pages in the description. Okay, there you go. Um, I guess I can go next. So we still are accepting volunteer applications for Seniors with Skills, the online buddy program. Um, but just to know anyone who is wanting to volunteer for the live chatting program, uh, they will need a background or vulnerable sector check. So that takes a while. So just keep in mind, you can visit our website at www.seniorswithskills.org and just click on the online buddy program page for more information. But for those who are maybe unable to get that done, who are still interested in helping out, there's kind of two other ways you can. So one way is we have one member on our team leading a pre-recorded video chatting session basically so they're making arts and crafts a group of our volunteers and then they're making videos of these that are then going to be broadcasted at nursing homes so that's another program and then we I, I was mentioning this earlier but we're also looking to bring on more people to help contact nursing homes because it feels like we can just never get enough people for that it's so hard to get in touch with these nursing homes and, and get more seniors on board for the program so those are our three main options. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at Seniors with Skills. That sounds great. So um, yeah, I'm really open to having more people help me manage Blue Crown Prints. Um, as I mentioned before, it's currently sort of a one woman show situation. And I would love if more artists uh, would like to feature their art on the website. Um, 
or if there are any web designers or coders who would like to help me update and manage the website, um, that's incredibly welcome. I'm really inspired by other artists all the time and I love looking at other artists works. So I have a contact me page on my website. The website URL is blue.crown.prince.myshopify.ca and you can contact me through Instagram as well. Um, the handle is at bluecrownprince. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was really inspiring to hear how you've been supporting the community during this pandemic. And it was also awesome to see you guys support each other with your experiences and what you've learned from them. You guys are definitely making an impact, so keep up the good work. On another note, if you'd like to, if you'd like to be featured as a guest, please fill out the form on our Facebook page, Unmasking COVID. Thank you so much for tuning in and see you guys next week.